0: Welcome to this edition of Buy Hold Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one website for expert investment analysis. Buy Hold Sell is a weekly show where two fund managers share their views on a selection of listed companies in their area of expertise. Buyers and sellers are what make the market, and you'll find that our guests don't always agree on the stocks being covered. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be the first to receive new episodes each week. If there are stocks you'd like our guests to discuss, let us know by leaving a comment in the review segment. Remember, the views expressed in this show are not recommendations to invest. You should seek appropriate investment advice before making any investment decisions. And of course, please read the disclaimer in the show's notes. Let's get into the show.
1: Hello and welcome to LiveWire's Thematic Discussion. My name is Matthew Kidman and we've just finished February and to say one word, it was explosive. We had the Federal Reserve in the US ratcheting up interest rates, ready for them to explode. We had Russia invading the Ukraine. We've even got a rain bomb ready to explode on the east coast of Australia. And of course, we had results season. And the results, well, there was a number of bombs that went off there. And here to discuss the february reporting season we've got blake hendricks from fire trail investments and michelle lopez from aberdeen start with you michelle one word to describe the reporting season
2: turbulent <laughs> it was one of those reporting seasons and you know think about the backdrop that we went into it we've had rising inflation we've got interest rates um expectations of hikes coming through Uh, and we've got geopolitical tensions escalating.
0: Things everywhere.
2: Everywhere. And I felt it was a case of shoot first and ask questions later this reporting season, particularly for companies that had either very high valuations uh, or operating leverage that was expected to come through that didn't. Um, They're the ones uh, that really got uh, got hit quite hard.
1: Yeah, Blake, it seemed like some results were just liquidity events for people. What was the one word you thought about the results season?
3: Well, you talked at the outset rates, Russia, Reversion, the three Rs. So, the big thing we saw was that travel. You know, we saw the likes of Airbnb and Amex talking about travel way above pre-COVID levels. I remember two years ago we were having debates about will travel ever be the same. I think that's been answered. That's coming back. On the other hand, the other things that are reverting are things like Domino's and Woolworths. Those stocks have struggled in recent times, and you know, if you actually look at it on a two-year basis, we've been in COVID for two years. They're almost market performers now. So the reversion is underway, if not already done.
1: Expectations were quite funny, weren't they? Any, any company with great expectations tend to be sold, anyone without great expectations were bought. Expectations played a big role this time around.
3: Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was probably better than I thought because we're just hearing so much about inflation, whether it's wages or in, in the in the goods part. But companies because demand is so strong, companies are being able to pass it on. There's not many I spoke to who aren't passing it on. So in my mind, that's been better than expected. If demand does slow, We'll see how good they are at passing it on then. But so far,
1: it was, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, price rises were everywhere, Michelle. It seemed like every company you spoke to. What about the portfolio though? Turbulent reporting season. Has it made you shift your portfolio and the way you're thinking through this year?
2: You know, it was uh, fortunately we didn't have any big material shifts within the portfolio. We were um, repositioning the portfolio to close the underweight to growth that we had um, all through last year. So we actually entered this year with a relatively defensive uh, portfolio. What we have done though, and maybe picking a little bit more on, on the growth bucket, which is everyone's talking point at the moment, um, it provided us an opportunity because there was an indiscriminate sell-off um, in that part of the market. Mm. So we pivoted out of a company, um, for example Zip, that had a very long um, runway to turn profitable and we re- recycled that capital into an, a higher quality growth name such as the Pro Medicus, that again got hit very hard. Um, but A, it's profitable. B, it's got incredibly strong margins. It's an industry leader. It's got cash on balance sheet. Um, and again, we felt the valuation um, had come off a long way. Um, so it's, again, just being um, a lot more discriminate in quality growth versus lower quality growth. I'm
1: going to ask you the same question, Blake. Did you have to do much to the portfolio? What you saw, the, especially the reaction from investors. Michelle's just outlined it big changes in the market growth, who wants growth? That, that's, that's taboo these days. What happened to your portfolio?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the portfolio uh, handled the, the events pretty well. Um, so that, that was good. Uh, we added to something like a blue scope where, you know, the market pretty quickly sold it off as, as some of the margins reverted. But when we look at the business, it's it's got net cash. Um, it's got a great business in Colourbond. That's sort of the hidden asset. And, and the rest of the business looks pretty good to us. Value. It's, it's almost deep value. It's, it's great. It's got great leverage to in, rising interest rates too isn't, with a net cash balance sheet. So uh, it's, it, it, it looks pretty good to us. But other than that, we didn't do too much. I mean, you can't just buy every stock every time it falls. Um, that's, that's not the way to run a portfolio. So um, we, we
1: feel pretty relaxed and didn't make too many big moves. And the, Michelle, the trends, you mentioned one. Was that the big trend that came out of reporting season, that growth wasn't what you should be in? There, there are other areas of the market have been forgotten for a few years.
2: There has been, but I think that was already in play before reporting season. The one very big theme that we saw in reporting season was costs. If you kind of wind back six months ago, uh, there was pockets of growth. So whether it was WA, certain industries, and this time around, it was across every industry, every sector, market cap agnostic. Um, So really, and Blake touched on this, yes, a number of companies did pass them through and we saw those ones that had the moat to be able to do that and the pricing. Um, ability to do, but there were a few that couldn't, and they're the ones that the margins got hit, and that leverage didn't come through, and they're the ones that, um, you know, got, got um, I guess, less less attention or, or attention in, in the wrong way. Um, so that was one theme. The other theme I, I found, which really. Um, questioned um the impact omicron had so there was an expectation that there would be a very big impact from omicron around operating um, environment and in fact we saw the banks come out with very solid credit growth um, smes which is the backbone of our economy they're doing really well Um, credit quality is strong so that's one area that surprised us um, from a trend perspective um, having having said that and again i think fundamentally the businesses did well
1: and Blake, can you actually fireproof your portfolio against inflation? Keep hearing about it. People are warning it. Now it's kind of arrived and we've got price increases. But is it possible to avoid inflation eating away at your returns?
3: Uh, I think every stock in the ASX 200 has been written about as some kind of inflation protection. It's borderline ridiculous in my view. (laughs) The, The one area where we do see it and one of the big themes that came out is energy security. You know, we've been on this energy transition. It's been going very quickly, but really Jan Feb, bang, energy security. So we've seen what's going on in Europe before Russia entered with um, gas prices spiking. Now we've got Russia um, causing more concerns. And then even if you look at Origin, they're shutting down the Araring Power Station and AGL's got a bid for it uh, with Brookfield and Mike Cannon Brooks potentially accelerating the shutdown of coal. So everywhere I look, you know, energy is being disrupted.
1: Not a crowded trade
3: not a crowded trade. And then you look at something like a Santos, check this out, in January 2020, this stock was over $9 a share and the oil price was around $60. Today, the oil price is over $100 a barrel and Santos is around $7. So it's actually down around 20%. The oil price is almost doubled. You know That is an area, it's inflation protected, huge cash flows, and if it doesn't re-rate, we won't really care because we'll be getting dividends, huge buybacks. I mean, that, that is black. that gold. is it.
1: That goal. Okay, just one stock that stood out as a great result, Michelle, in reporting season that you thought, wow, they've done well?
2: For us, Endeavour was one of those. And Endeavour was the spin off from Wool- Woolies. They had the retail side, which is uh, your Dan Murphy's BWS, and then you had the pubs and hotels. So they own a portfolio um, nationwide. And really, that stood out, um, particularly the margins within the retail business. Um, They were significantly higher than expectations, so it drove a 20% beat at the earnings line. Um, And Endeavour is one of these stocks that almost there's a natural hedge within the business itself. So yes, they've got the retail side, but they've also got the pubs and the hotels, and it's the largest um, portfolio um, from a listed company. So they get the reopening trade. They've done really well up until now from the consumption at home, and now pivoting into the hotels, which is three times the margin of the in-home. So I think that one did really well. It was up 10% of the day, but I still think it's got great way to head. start
1: a listed life. What about a bad one? What, what, what made you feel a the bit bad gooey in one, your stomach?
2: Uh, look, a bit of um, humble medicine here. I think from the ones that we, we held, um, Tyro was one that really disappointed. Um, and that was very much at the cost line as well. So they continued to invest and continue to add um, resources. So they added something like 56 people um, within the half. So that obviously impacted the EBITDA margin um, and the EBITDA line, which was significantly lower. Um, Margins also under pressure, but taking a step back when you actually look at what they've been able to achieve over this period of disruption, um, transaction volumes are back up, um, churn levels are down. Um, So I think it's probably overdone at these levels, um, and there's some really clear catalysts from a reopening perspective as well um, for that one going forward, but it did disappoint.
1: Okay, Blake, we'll go the opposite way with you. Worst first, what was the worst thing you saw?
3: It was a stock we own in terms of the actual earnings. It was Len Lease. I mean, it was you know, if you just look at the core earnings, it it was a shocking result. But I think that sort of, if you just focus on that, you'd say it's really bad. But I think if you actually think big picture, this is a really big turning point for Len Lease. Um, A couple of things out of the result. The first one was they're working to align cash flows with profits. So this is a low point. And then from here on, you're probably going to see cash flows and profits be quite in lockstep, whereas in the, in the past, it's been a bit more noisy. So that's the first thing, you know, this profit recognition has caused a bit of a drag. But the second thing is that they're starting to sell assets. You know, you've got new CEO, Tony Lombardo. I think there's no sacred cows in this business. They've sold military housing for a 26 times PE. I mean, this is a stock, if you look at 23, 24 earnings, it's, it's on probably around a 10 times PE. Um, so That stuff yeah. gets investors excited, doesn't it? It gets, it gets investors excited because, you know, instead of just hanging on to it and, and trying to milk it, you're saying, hey, let's try and prove up some of this value, get the balance sheet being recycled and, and grow these earnings. And okay. I think
1: that's, that's why that's exciting. Okay, let's go to the other side. Something good?
3: Yeah, Seek. I mean, everyone knows how hard it is to get people. They saw a 20% yield increase um, in their business. That is basically recruiters and hirers saying, I need to get people, I'm willing to pay more. But investors didn't pay more.
1: They sold it. They
3: did. Yeah, they sold it. They bought it on the day and then they sold it because, uh, hey, it's liquid. So, you know, we we don't get too worried about that. We think they're in a really good position. It's well run and, and this is seeks time.
1: So there's a lot of bombs going off in reporting season, but there are some stocks that are going to get you to the other side.
0: Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis. Register for free at livewiremarkets.com to discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.